Welcome in the somewhat mobile. When we drop data, it's not anecdotal. Talking the latest mobile trends with highlighting the surges and descends. Yeah, this is an original series from Aptopia. The intelligence provider here to help focus you. I'm growing your mobile app and putting you on the map. So when people pull out their phone, it's the first thing they want to tell. So crack yourself a beer and give a listen here because the best podcast in mobile just landed in your ear. All right, Adam. So Halloween's over. Elections wrapping up. We're gearing up for Thanksgiving. Have you done your holiday shopping yet? Uh, so I haven't. And the, I've never done my holiday shopping though, <laughs> meaning I'm not like one of those people who's late. I just don't do it. So I don't know right. if people are going to think I'm cruel, but um, I don't really like to buy presents for people during the holidays. I want to see my like family. Ever. I want to hang out with them. Yeah, like ever. Um, like what about the girlfriend? She gets nothing. She asks for nothing. Every year we, it has to be a discussion. One year we've exchanged gifts. Um, but it, I, I like getting gifts for people. Like when I see something just randomly that reminds me of them, or I'm like, Oh, they would like that. Like I get sure. them that in the moment. Um, and so my theory is just like, I don't necessarily do gift giving on, on specific days, but what, what about you? Wow. Um, no, I have not done anything. I bought a few gifts for myself just cause I can, but I've decided that I'm getting anyone this year, something like fiscally responsible. Like I'm going to give my sister like a bond. Because she's pregnant, so I'm gonna be like, you can, your child can have a bond, and That's awesome. and I think I might splurge on like a lottery ticket. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah. Right, well. Cool. Speaking of uh, shopping and and the holidays, uh, we're gonna cover retail today, and to help us cover retail today. Um, we have a woman who covers every corner of the retail world from fast fashion to high fashion, from sports apparel to wholesalers, from brick and mortar to mobile, all delivered to your inbox in pithy fashion. We have with us Haley Savage, <laughs> the writer of Morning Brews Retail Brew. Haley, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you both so much for having me this week. I'm really, oh, my camera just shifted. <laughs> the perils of, you know, recording things from home and getting used to this whole set up. Totally. Really excited to dive into everything retail and holiday with you both. Nice. We are so excited to have you. So before we get into, you know, like the helpful stuff of value, I have to know, is there anything like what's the craziest or weirdest or most unnecessary thing you've bought for yourself during COVID? That's such a good question. You know, I, I will say generally, I've been a lot more restrained with my purchasing than i would have expected of myself. Like you can ask my fiance or anyone who's grown up with me, anyone in my family. Like I have always been known to be someone that spends more than they should. And my being a retail reporter makes a lot of sense in that right. regard. Um, I did order, huh? I'm trying to think because it like things have just kind of been, you know, trickling in over the past couple of weeks, but I did buy like a green sweatsuit that I can't really wear outside of the house. Like it's, it's this weird, like asparagus color. That like a track suit? It's, it's like a, like a crew neck sweatshirt shirt and wow. sweatpants. So it's not like that crazy. I definitely, it's not like Royal Tannenbaum sweatsuit kind of situation, but. What a reference. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I love my, my, you know, Wes Anderson films, but I will <laughs> say that like, I thought it looked cooler online than it does on me in person. Like it was one of those situations where you look at the models long enough that you're like, Oh, like I could wear that. And then you put it on and look at yourself and are like, well, that was a waste of, you know, $120 or whatever. So I won't be doing that again. Wow. I'll yeah. Also, that's a pretty weird one. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add to that. Um, 
I have been like flirting with the idea of buying Crocs. I reported on how Crocs is doing maybe with well during the pandemic. A lot of people I know buy them. My colleague Ryan Duffy, who writes our tech newsletter, has a pair of electric pink Crocs and he like Ooh. has worn them on Zoom. And it's one of those things where you stare at it long enough that again you are convinced that you you should buy it, but I haven't like gone over the edge quite yet. <laughs> I love it. Um I, I, yeah, I don't know if I if I'm gonna get uh, pink Crocs anytime soon, but I um, <laughs> I, I bought some like plants for my apartment. That was the uh, I don't know if that counts as crazy. I haven't bought a lot of things. No. It's crazy for you. Keep them alive. Yeah, keeping them alive is difficult. Uh, working on that, but uh, all right. So Haley, we got you here, and I gotta ask you, where do you do your buying, your browsing, your shopping? Um, is it typically through mobile web, mobile app, browser, and um, actually before you even answer that, what are some of the retailers that you most often, you obviously cover them all for your, for your work, but who are kind of some of your favorites to keep tabs on personally? Okay, so I'll start with the second question. Um, I am a really big fan of AYR. They're, um, or it stands for all year round, and they do really simple women's basics that are sold direct to consumer. I'm wearing a button down from them that I ordered because I knew I'd be doing more Zoom calls and I needed something that I could throw on over leggings. They, this is not SpawnCon. I'm a general, genuine you know, <laughs> shopper of that brand. Um, but there are like, a good number of direct-to-consumer companies that I've seen the Instagram ads enough times that I've you know, given into them. I think another great example is Hill House Home. I am fully on board with the nap dress train, which were like, these like super comfortable frocks that you can you know ostensibly take a nap in or like wear to the grocery store (laughs) adding that to the list for sure they're they're truly incredible and the founder nell diamond has built a really interesting and profitable business off of this one hero item um so i recommend checking her out um but in terms of you know browsing and shopping online i think browsing is the key word when it comes to my app usage Before um, coming on the podcast, I took a look at my phone just to take inventory of the apps that I have. And I only have five retail apps on my phone and they're Depop, Starbucks, Sweetgreen, The Yes, and Target. And I don't even use them that frequently, which is crazy for someone who is in this industry. But I think um, you know, the yes is really interesting in that there's a lot of like algorithmic recommendations, you know, you pop in, it shows you items, you say yes, no, would I buy this? And they're curated from all different brands around the internet. And, you know, you can kind of like ideally build a wardrobe through that. However, I have yet to actually order anything from the app. I like kind of right. seeing what they predict for me, but I still am, I, I think as a consumer, I'm still a little queasy about like give giving my payment information to some of mm-hmm. these, you know, more like startup companies. So I haven't bought anything there yet. Um, but also for browsing, I mean, I alluded to this with being a big fan of a lot of direct to consumer fashion brands. I do a lot of browsing on Instagram shops. Mm-hmm. I also have yet to complete a purchase through the app, but I think the way that they've started to build small kind of like trend, um, I don't know what the right word is for it, but they have these little like trend pods or trend slideshows where when you go into the explore tab and then hit shop, you can see like clean beauty products, black owned brands, yep. you know, things under a hundred dollars, all sorts of different things that are, you know, algorithmically again, recommended based on the yeah. accounts you follow, the brands you follow. Um, 
So I think like the personalization that's possible on mobile shopping is really, really exciting and something retailers should lean into. But I think like being a target consumer for a lot of these brands and not yet like converting to a purchase in that avenue maybe suggests that there's some some work to be done there. Right. So you're touching on a couple interesting things here. One, like you said, you only have five of those apps on your phone. So the threshold is sort of high. Like you have to really like that company or you have to really be someone who uses them a lot to download an app. So first of all, where do you think that threshold is for the average person that they'll hit the download button? Yeah. And two, you've, you've mentioned a few things that like draw you in to those apps in the first place and what, what you like about them. So maybe we can talk a little more about that. Yeah, sure. I think part of the threshold just comes from retailers that are really part of a consumer's routine. And that looks different from person to person. But I think especially with COVID-19, that explains a lot of why grocery apps are doing so well for, you know, Amazon, Instacart, um, even Target and Walmart having grocery pickup in a lot of areas now. And I think Target is going to have curbside pickup for grocery like nationwide by the end of the year, but you might have to fact check that for me because I'm <laughs> blinking a little bit here. I'm not used to being in the interviewee seat. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I think like retailers apps can be really useful when they're driving routine repeat purchases where you know if it's easy for someone to go in two taps on their phone to replenish an item that's low on stock in their fridge or their pantry it, it makes a lot of sense and then again like from the fashion perspective or like apparel and beauty which have been on like a rocky terrain these past several months with consumer behavior changing during COVID, I, I think it really comes down to you know what personal style means for a lot of people and how often they feel like they need to be like rotating items out in their wardrobe. Mm -hmm. And that has really dramatically shifted recently. I will say, you know, with Depop, um, that's a, a peer to peer resale marketplace. And there are a couple of brands that have started opening little pop-up storefronts for um, like dead stock inventory or things that they just haven't been able to sell through. And I think that's a really okay. clever way of like inserting themselves into um, a conversation with younger consumers about, who are, you know, really passionate about um, being environmentally conscious, not buying okay. as many mm -hmm. things new, getting away from fast fashion. And I personally have been like making a little bit of an effort to <laughs> do more with reseller, buy more things used. So okay. like Depop, ThreadUp, um, Poshmark, even mm -hmm. a lot of those apps, I think like when there's like a values mindset behind some of these peer-to-peer -peer marketplaces, there's, you know, an inclination from younger consumers to kind of cross the threshold and download as well. Right. We've seen, um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, you, you hear a lot about the environmental implications of fast fashion, but I mean, we see the data and we, we know that it's growing uh, mm -hmm. very, quite strongly, at least right now, year over year. So mm -hmm. it, it doesn't seem to have faced consumers just yet. Uh, maybe give it a little more time. But mm -hmm. so for these uh, these apps you have on your phone, they're not a lot of them. You mentioned, um, or, or I should ask, do these companies send you emails? Like, do you allow for that or do you unsubscribe from them? And if so, do they get you to open them? And then at the same time, do you allow these companies to send you push notifications through the mobile app? And if so, are those annoying? What do you think um, is, a, is a good strategy there for these companies who send emails out, send push notifications, are they annoying? Are they helpful? In, in what scenarios do you find that to be mm -hmm. good or bad? There's a lot to unpack there. And also, of course, my 
house phones are going bonkers as no I'm I didn't know people still had house phones. Yeah. Well, this is a, an awkward moment to reveal that I'm living with my parents right now. So <laughs> if I were in my own apartment, that wouldn't be the case. Not, but again, pandemic's just reshaping everything these days. Well, okay. So there's a lot to unpack with sure. again, what you, you brought up, Adam. And I'll start with just kind of like the, the breakdown, at least between like whether retailers are even using email marketing versus push notifications for their apps. I think Email in a lot of ways is a little more democratic for retailers just because you need to have a mobile app to have push notifications and not every brand, especially ones that are very new to the e-commerce game, which is crazy to be saying in 2020, but there are a lot of them out there. They might not have the infrastructure set up to have an app that enough consumers are using that push notifications make sense or it's something they can take advantage of. And, you know, being in the business of email newsletters, I know like yeah. how effective a good subject line can be to get someone mm -hmm. to open. And I, I've seen like, you know, all sorts of different approaches to subject lines and what can convince consumers to hit open and then eventually go to the the retailer site. I think it's a combination of like having a strong brand voice and also, you know, a compelling offering, whether that be a limited time promotion, new content that they're offering on their site, because the content commerce flywheel is going absolutely crazy right now for a lot of brands, especially in the G2C space. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I think with push notifications, however, there's a real advantage in that, at least anecdotally, in my experience, I am more likely to immediately click in and see what the retailer has going on when, when I get a push notification. Mm. So I have them on yeah. for the apps that I do use. And because it's immediate, it's right there. Like right. I'm naturally curious and I'm going to click on it okay. or tap it. But I, I will say that you have to be really smart about using them, like not doing them too often. Cause if you're inundating someone mm -hmm. with, you know, a million 10% off coupons or like there's a new item in your size. Then it's always 10% off. What's the, yeah. yeah, what's the point? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not compelling anymore. And it, and it does get to be frustrating, especially with all of the other push notifications that people are probably dealing with from other apps. Um, and then again, I think with, you know, email, you have the subject line and the preview text to get your point across to the consumer. There's more characters to play with. Push notifications are generally shorter. So I think, you know, you need to have really good copywriters on your side yeah. to put some together that are effective. Um, another kind of, you know, sidebar in the world of push notifications that I found fascinating and maybe the two of you can inform me about I've noticed that there are a couple of brands who now have push notifications enabled for their storefronts on Instagram. So I mm -hmm. got one a couple days ago from Lululemon saying, hey, we have new products available on Instagram for you to shop. And I'd never seen that before. This have is you dangerous. That? Yeah, it's very <laughs> this dangerous. This is so dangerous. I'm <laughs> like a huge uh, sucker for Instagram advertisements. They also come mm -hmm. up a lot in my stories. You'll be like watching mm -hmm. stories of your friends and then the next one will be a sweater ad. And I was just speaking to my friends about how badly I needed a new sweater. So mm -hmm. Instagram is kind of a dangerous place. Um, but with push notifications too, like I got one today from Target and it said mm -hmm. Black Friday shopping starts now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so for, I don't know when we're releasing this, but it's, you know, early November. So that's pretty early. Mm -hmm. um, what are you seeing in terms of whether it's like advertising or um, certain tactics for the holiday season? Any, anything we should, you know, keep in mind? 
Mm -hmm. There's definitely a push to get people to shop earlier, just like the example you gave. Today, I was taking a peek in my inbox and, you know, 15 minutes before we hopped on the line together, Sephora emailed me that, you know, if you're an insider and you have the app, you can go inside and see all of our Cyber Monday deals early so you know what's coming. Mm -hmm. So I think, right. you know, exclusivity. Yes, there's exclusivity and that, you know, drives loyalty by itself. I think there's also an awareness among retailers that can, a lot of consumer surveys that have come out in recent months have said that people are still a little queasy about shopping in stores. And given, you know, differing state by state regulations on how many people can be in one place at the same time, masks, no masks, etc. Uh, to err on the side of caution, a lot of places want to make more compelling online offerings so that they can, you know, reduce crowding mm -hmm. in stores and, you know, hopefully right. turn people on to e-commerce so that they continue using those platforms for retailers moving forward. So I've seen a lot of places, again, kind of driving the exclusive, you know, here's a sneak peek of what's coming for our sale later in the month or even you know, we're extending sales all the way through the month of November. Like you want to get started right now or you'll miss out on this. I think right. I'm not a home improvement shopper by any means, but um, I've noticed that like Lowe's and Home Depot have been, you know, extending their discounts for the yeah. entire month of November. And they've had amazing um, increases in downloads for their apps and, you know, yep. usage of buy online pickup and store through the app in recent weeks. I love that for uh, for Target. I do a lot of that shopping in the app and then just going to pick it up, not having to like wade my way through all the aisles. I still, my, my Target just redesigned it. And it's, uh, so did mine. Okay, so maybe it was a nationwide thing then. Nice. Uh, and yeah, so I used to know where everything is and now I don't and I gave up and now I just I just go pick it up at the desk. <laughs> Wait, up. so do you do, go, do you go in the store to pick up or do you do the curbside? I do. I don't, I've never done curbside and I don't okay. know why. I just- mm -hmm. I feel, I think part of me also wants to like physically do a little bit of walking. Uh -huh. um. <laughs> yeah, got to get those steps in. Well, I, yeah. I was asking because with, you know, things that retailers are doing with their apps to encourage more mobile commerce, you know, Target and a couple of other places that have recently made big pushes into curbside pickup have made it possible that, you know, you pull into your designated parking spot, you hit mm -hmm. on the app that you're there and the work, the store staffers immediately come out with your order. And Target specifically at some stores has a setup kind of like a reminds me of a gas station awning where you pull up and there's like a little red area that says curbside and you drive into that specific spot to wait. It looks very like clean and specific. There's no confusion on the part of the consumer, like where yeah. you need to go to get your order. And, you know, it sounds so obvious talking about it, like, oh, there's like a designated parking spot. Right. But I think like <laughs> making those like little touches, like very clear to the consumer and like on brand. So for Target, it's red with like white writing you know, it only helps them to encourage consumers to adopt that new sort of behavior. So I was just curious if you'd, you'd seen that. I, I don't know, Matt, have you done any of this, Madeline? I did curbside pickup at Wegmans. Ooh. I <laughs> did, um, I was feeling super lazy one day, but also I was going to go see my boyfriend's grandparents and I, I was like really worried I was going to infect them. And I also needed to make a pie. It was a whole thing. I really needed flour. Anyway, um, <laughs> So yes, but Target actually some places I think make you go in because they're not hip yet. Like my Target's not hip yet, so it doesn't have that pull-in situation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, which, it's coming. It's I, coming. I, I they've been working really hard too to revamp their their stores. Like you were saying, Adam, mine also was completely renovated right. recently, and you know all of the end caps for especially direct to consumer brands that are going into 
retail for the first time have these cool like neon signs everything's really clean and like Mm -hmm. the layout the aisles are like wavy in some areas instead of just like a straight grid it it was weird but it but I was intrigued so perhaps that was the point yeah yeah definitely (laughs) I I think uh you know all all about that well I mean you know nowadays less in store but I was gonna say you know a little while before the pandemic, I know, you know, places like Macy's were really trying to spice up that in-store. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was like hard into e-commerce for a while. Then it was like, no, we're going to have these like sexy in-store mm-hmm, experiences, yeah. a mm-hmm. little bit of exclusivity. And now obviously very hard on the e-commerce again. Yeah. Um, but and- I think to, to oh. that, that makes a great um, case for why retailers need to do more to make their apps more compelling. You know, mm-hmm. as we're spending more time at home, e-commerce is going to become a bigger part of our lives. I'm sure I'll get to 10 apps on my phone by the end of the year, if not early 2021, like it'll, I'll catch up. Keep us posted. Yeah, I I will. But you know, I I think a lot of the the apps that are available for retailers are pretty bare bones. Like they have, you know, a little bit of editorial showing off their product. They have, you know, the different verticals for whatever it is they're selling, whether they're a retailer that has every category under the sun or there's someone like, you know, Allbirds, let's say, just launched an app and they, you know, are doing shoes and a sprinkling of apparel. And if there isn't kind of like an experience that feels, I, I hate to use the phrase like surprising and delightful as retail likes to say, you know, then again, like consumers don't really have a, a reason or a use case to, to download. And right. as we're kind of meeting in these third places online, it's super important for them to, you know, be enhancing their, the e-com experience just like they would for a store. Now, so some of these challenges you're discussing already, what's like an unexpected challenge you think retailers might face this holiday? Well, I mean, there's a lot that has been thrown at them over the past couple of months. One thing that I don't know has been covered in depth and that that's going to be an issue heading into the holidays and also after into early 2021 is just dealing with logistics. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the main shipping carriers for retailers are already operating at peak capacity and anticipating that there will be a lot of delays heading into December. And then, you know, after people get gifts, there comes the inevitable period of, oh, like my mom bought me a shirt that's two sizes too small and I need to return (laughs) it. And if you're returning it online, you're probably shipping it back that starts, you know, another cascade of delays. When You would think she thousands- would know your size by now, Haley. <laughs> I know. I, well, I mean, I'm living here, so I would hope so. <laughs> you know, it, it, it still happens. But I, but I, with so many more people shopping online, I mean, you've, you've probably seen the hockey stick chart of how e-commerce has accelerated in recent months. Um, there, there, a lot of places are anticipating that more consumers will be shopping online this holiday season. That means that UPS... USPS, FedEx, other small um, logistics providers and micro fulfillment providers need to be prepared. And, you know, there, there's very little flexibility to increase their routes or how many clients they have on board. So, I mean, we'll have to see what actually happens, but I think that kind of explains also a lot of why retailers are trying to get people to push their holiday spend up even earlier, because if- it's a good point. Yeah, because if consumers wait until December 1st, even, there's a chance that things won't arrive on time. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of these things aren't quite in, in retailers' control. At least like once you know a consumer hits order, they fulfill 
you know, allocating the inventory, but they don't control what happens once the package is in the mm -hmm. mail, but they're the ones who get the, the customer flack when something's late or it arrives damaged or they can't figure out how to make the return. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I didn't, I didn't think about that at all, that that's like definitely a driving strategy behind trying to get the, the, uh, shopping done early. Um, so our, uh, to, to wrap up, what has been your, and it doesn't have to necessarily be recent, mm -hmm. um, but if it is, I guess, bonus points, uh, mm -hmm. what, what has been your favorite or most unique, interesting, uh, you know, partnership or activation that, that you've seen, um, and, you know, maybe it is since the pandemic started to, to compensate from that. But if you just got like a really quirky example, we'll take that too. <laughs> awesome. Well, one thing I'll say that I actually have bought and am a fan of is the Sp Something Special program by Brother Vellies. So Brother Vellies is a um, small accessories and shoes brand run out of New York City by Aurora James. Um, she's also the founder of the 15% Pledge, which is a recent movement to encourage retailers to increase the number of black owned brands that they stock in their stores, which is a super important movement and one yeah. that I've covered quite a bit in retail brew at brother Valley's, this something special program is a really cool kind of subscription where you pay $35 a month. And each month the brand sends a special like handmade item that you don't know what it is until it arrives or Aurora kind of makes an announcement on her Instagram. Mm -hmm. of Like this is what the item is this month. And each one is, you know, made, or like locally sourced or made with artisans mm -hmm. in different parts of the world that her brand is trying to help elevate. So you really feel like you're supporting small business. And, you know, this time has really shown us as, you know, restaurants are closing, as small retailers are closing, as mom and pop shops are, you know, having a hard time, why it's so important to support small businesses. So Definitely. I think like the combination of being able to back a brand that I really love and also you know, help out local artisans who Aurora is handpicking to, to be part of this has been yeah. really fun. And, and just yeah. the idea of getting something in the mail that you're not expecting and is a pleasant surprise, I think, you know, yeah. again, delivers on that whole surprise and delight thing, but in a, in a different way. It's like fab fit fun, but like actually good for the world. <laughs> yes, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> nice. Well, that's, that's huge. That was super helpful and insightful. And I think we're I don't know. Now I'm inspired to go online shopping, but like for a sustainable brand, maybe Able or, or, or something like that. Yeah, I, would, I, would, um, I really recommend. I, I, my, my retail knowledge is, is not as strong as yours, uh, naturally. <laughs> and so uh, most of the brands that you named outside of like Target today, I did not know about. So I'm going to have to go look them up. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for, for coming on, joining us, sharing your knowledge. Absolutely. It was such a pleasure. And if you want to learn more about brands you're not familiar with, you should really subscribe to Retail Brew because I yes. dive yes. into those Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Do it. We love it. We're big fans. Thanks, Haley. Of course. Thank you so much. This is it. What? Lucini pouring from the sky. Let's get rich. What? The Gigi Vance Sugar Dance. Can't quit. What? Now pop the cork.